Hello, listeners. Welcome to today's episode of Public Service Psychology Now. I am your host, Dr. Tanisha Blue, and today we are talking with Dr. Donnell Barnett, the 2018 recipient of the Citizen Psychologist Award, APA, and the current president of Association of Black Psychologists. Thank you. Welcome today. Thank you so much. So glad to be here with you. Thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. Tell us about yourself. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, well, I am the son of Roy and Felicia. I am the grandson of Evelyn, Marvin, E.W., and Verna Ruth. Yeah. I'm the husband of LaShonda and the father of Kendall. Absolutely. Everything else sort of flows from there. <laughs> um, but that's, you know, that that's that's sort of my family, my people. Um, I am a counseling psychologist by training. I live in Chicago, um, born and raised, left for school and was gone and started my career away and moved back to Chicago in 2018. Um, and so uh, it's been sort of a fabulous sort of journey of just different things that I've experienced and gone through. Um, let's see, I have had a career in, started my career primarily in military psychology, um, and that has kind of taken me through sort of clinical work and work in public health or public mental health. And uh, by about the time that I finished my time on active duty, moved back home to Chicago and have been working primarily in, in, in an administrative capacity for the last four years or so. Currently, I work for the state of Illinois Division of Mental Health, where we oversee um, state psychiatric hospitals and community-based services throughout the state. Absolutely. That's wonderful. And thank you for starting out with that and telling us about your journey. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about what circumstances, what was going on in your life that led to you receiving that Citizen Psychologist Award? For sure. So, you know, I have always been um, really interested in community work, community development, as um, as psychologists, we are sort of just now really grabbing hold of social determinants of health. Um, and chief among those are uh, many of the economic kinds of factors that lead leads one to have either poor health outcomes or the ability inability to impact their uh, their health in a way that they would like. Mm -hmm. And so, my thought, uh, particularly with the background with sort of working in public health kinds of spaces, I always think about, you know, sort of communities. I think about populations. Mm -hmm. uh, individual work is, you know, that's great. I love it. It's nice. Um, but my heart, my calling really is in sort of larger kinds of projects and larger work. And certainly from for Black and Brown communities in particular, uh, sort of creating opportunities where people can build wealth, um, entrepreneurship, can kind of build more capacity for a community to grow and maintain. You create situations where people are not just in a better position to address their finances, but those that financial capacity then leads to, you know, a whole range of other positive outcomes. Yes. So uh, I undergrad at Langston University in Oklahoma. Langston is a small town, um, one of the few 
historically black towns in the state of Oklahoma, the former territory of Oklahoma, which, you know, sort of has a whole interesting history by itself. But, you know, people are recently familiar with the Tulsa race riots. Um, What is less known is that what happened in Tulsa happened in several uh, Black and indigenous Native American towns across the state of Oklahoma, Langston being one of them. At its heyday, Langston was a very thriving town with doctors and teachers and schools. Uh, of course, Langston University uh, was a part of that growth at the turn of the century as well. And as legend has it, um, uh, white people from neighboring towns um, were, you know, a bit jealous of the political and economic prowess of this small black town in central Oklahoma and came in and burned down the town. And uh, essentially what has happened was just a difficulty to maintain and to catch up that level of growth, um, economic growth that would have uh, really positioned Langston to be in a very well, it would be much better positioned today had it been allowed to just grow and flourish. So by the time I arrived as a student in 97, um, you know, we coming from Chicago, you know, you just kind of look around and like, what in the world is this, uh, you know, country town and the town that is outside of the campus, um, has not had that development. So to, it's a, it's a long and fascinating stories, but I'll try to suffice it to say this, um, my intent was to develop property in the town of Langston, blighted property, and uh, buy the property, rehab it, you know, repurpose it for community work, and then turn that property back over to the town. Uh, The mayor at the time knew that I was involved in community development kind of work, and, um, and so I, you know, took interest in the project. We developed it. We hired students from, from the campus, um, teens from the community, and essentially turn what used to be a mechanic shop into a community center. And, and so we wrote grants for programs and things like that. And, you know, it was just my heart just to see um, this really small project and what it could be uh, by communities coming together with people that have expertise in, in other areas and creating something beautiful um, and so since then, the, uh, the sold the property back to the town. They're still using it to, to this day to do different functions. Um, and really, that was sort of my goal was to you know, give the community back something that was already theirs, uh, but just you know, kind of develop it and make it into something that could be used um, and, and the community could benefit from. So that's, that's sort of what got, got me to that recognition for the award of citizen psychologist was just kind of going through that process. Dr. Barnett, that is such a fascinating story. And it and I really appreciate you sharing the history of Langston, Oklahoma. And uh, I, I myself, of course, I knew about all that was happening in, in those years, the, 19, the early 1900s, 1919 to the mid-1920s mm-hmm. in Black and Brown communities, but did not realize um, that, of co- that it had affected Langston, Oklahoma. So thank you for sharing that. But also, 
just being able to have the foresight. I'm impressed with the foresight of knowing that there was something that the community would take hold of and it's theirs, that they mm -hmm. would want to reclaim it and make it their own again. And so that's a, that's a, that, that is just, just a wonderful story. So thank you for sharing that. And I, and, and, um, and so anyway, it sounds to me like the one, a big portion of your life has been dedicated to these population, to looking at population, population health and population health projects. And it sounds like this was something that you, you really you had the chance to to see come to fruition. Do you have anything else that in your whether it's professionally with your military career or just personally that really falls in that same um, in those same categories? Yeah, I mean, these days it's a bit harder, of course, it, you know, as you kind of try to maintain a career, um, trying to find ways to do things that really speak to your heart what you believe that you're called to do. And not that my career isn't a part of my life's calling. It's not all of my calling. And so these days I really look for opportunities to take some of the training and learning and, and experiences that I've had as a psychologist and figure out ways to uh, marry that with other kinds of passion projects. Mm -hmm. So I do a good bit of, uh, uh, you know, consulting, talking with organizations in all really in the interest of building capacity, because yeah. that is sort of the underlying premise here, this notion of self-determination, yeah. that communities um, know what they need, communities know what the problems are, they know what the solutions are, and our role for those who have some modicum of privilege of means um, is to be support, be a support in whatever way that we can. My particular area and ways that I can support is sort of having um, a landscape view of you know, uh, you know, how economics and uh, social factors impact mental health and wellness and you know, kind of seeing those connections and 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 in so doing, you can you know kind of help and support communities by saying that you know if you do this, it'll have this multiplicative factor across these other areas. If you do that, you know it might work this way. And just sort of offering whatever expertise um, uh, or knowledge and experience that I can. Absolutely, absolutely. And and just this this picture of of. The communities themselves knowing what they what they mm -hmm. need, what they want, and just back to your your original story, that that place and that space, you might have come up with some great ideas for to get them started, but whatever they're doing right now is what they want and what they need yeah. and what they yeah. would benefit from. So that I, that's wonderful, and I I would be remiss in if I didn't mention that today the day we're recording this is November the eighth. And we're coming up on Veterans Day on November the 11th. Mm -hmm. You already talked about your your experience in um, in the military being active duty, and I actually I worked I I worked at Tripler Army Medical Center, mm -hmm. and I was a psychologist there for a while. And when and one of the things that became clear to me in that in big working pink in, building, <laughs> yes, the big pink building, yes. 
one of the things there several times you have Mm -hmm. yeah it's a it's a working with active duty is very fascinating one thing is that you get to um you get to be a leader starting out from a bit soon as you as soon as you get out of an internship and residency you get to jump out and be a leader and I and I see um, that just that leadership quality in you, and I see that that I, I can I can see that 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 military experience, <laughs> that military experience, <laughs> all over you. So anyway, I just wanted to to um, one thank you for your service, but also uh, share with you that 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 shines through, that shines through, and it shines through in the stories that you're telling as well. Yeah, it's um, uh, I I didn't really anticipate that, but uh, that is sort of the nature of serving in the military. Um, I can say in the army for sure, um, there is an an expectation of leadership that like you don't get, you don't really get a chance to just kind of sit in the cut and hang out, right? No matter where you are from E1 to O whatever, right? You know, there's always an expectation that you are moving the goal forward, Uh, whether or not you have people that you're leading, you know, so you could be an army of one, but you're still (laughs) expected to lead in some sort of way. And in that culture, you learn to be uncomfortable with whatever the status quo is and, and your ability to kind of see solutions, to build collaborations, to rally people around the cause um, that is in effect the currency of serving in the military. And so, you know, whether you are a logistics officer, a healthcare officer, or, you know, whatever it is that you do, that's a part of the currency. So shortly after I finished uh, my pre-doctoral internship and fellowship at Eisenhower Army Medical Center, um, uh, went to Afghanistan, and that was my first assignment was in Afghanistan. And I had a team that that I led and we did combat and operational stress control Mm -hmm. for an area in Afghanistan. From there, I went to Germany and I was, went to Germany expecting to just be a staff psychologist. And, but of course, (laughs) leadership calls. So my commander at the time made me the clinic OIC, which I, again, wasn't expecting And, you know, training in psychology doesn't really sort of position you in that way, Um, but you have to learn. That's, again, that's the currency of of serving. And so I had a very successful tour as the uh, clinic OIC, and that was a real pivotal moment for me. It said, you know, of of me having a realization that, okay, Donnell, you can can do this, And, and learning from myself about how I think about, you know, looking at big tasks, big projects, how I put my own flavor to a a particular problem and, and move the ball forward. And that learning was a big developmental marker for me, uh, which then gave me sort of the confidence to do a project like in Langston. Um, and to do other kinds of projects that I've been involved in. So yes, it's a it's a it's a really critical part, not not just me for for most people who put on the uniform. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you. 
Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us, with our listeners today? Um, well, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the wonderful, fantastic, the powerful Association of Black Psychologists um, that I have the really the honor of serving as the current president. And uh, this has been another way kind of connecting conversations here, sort of working in an ABCI was a way for me to um, live out my calling, uh, passion for, for Black communities, um, and do it in a way that is collective in orientation. So we are an international organization. Um, and on various committees and offices that I've held or worked in over the years, which ultimately led me to this point as, as president, is one of the ways that I personally feel uh, fulfill um, the calling. But we are about the liberation of the African Black mind. Mm -hmm. We are about the empowerment of Black people, of the Black character, and, and really sort of speaking um, speaking about a way of mental health and wellness that you don't hear in traditional models of training. Um, uh, it comes, it's, we think about psychology from the perspective of our ancestors, uh, right? You know, people in, in ancient Africa had thoughts about the mind and behavior and the soul long before Europe ever existed. Uh, but most of psychology is based on Greco-Roman thought in that period of the human span. Uh, and so just to say to the world that there are other ways of thinking about human behavior and functioning, and not just from an African worldview, but the same is true in Native American communities and Asian American communities. It's all around the world. People have thought about what we call psychology today. And so that is uh, just another area that I, that just makes my heart sing. And so I'm again, honored to be a part of that work. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that. And um, I'm also a member of the Association of Black Psychologists. I'm glad to That's have right. you. That's right. Yes. I'm glad <laughs> to have you on today. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing about just the wonderful things that you've been doing, that you've been engaging in. And um, I hope to talk with you again in the future. Thank you so much, Dr. Barnett. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you listeners for listening to today's episode of Public Service Psychology Now and until next time. Mm -hmm.